What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. So, now, John. We're doing a hive jive, right? <laughs> are, we, are we still talking radio? We're, doing, we're on the hive okay, jive Okay, we're on the hive jive now. Okay. Got to put the radio stuff away. Where my bees? Where are your bees? Where are my bees Where's at? Where's my bees at? <laughs> Where my bees be at? <laughs> but anyway. Your bees are still in the process of being raised and grown and, and getting big and strong. Um, that is actually that. So right now at this time of year, that is a very common question. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I, I remember exactly what that feels like because when I ordered my first two colonies, April started coming around and all the wildflowers started coming out. Oh yeah, and, my flowers uh, are crazy right now. We went on this trip to, I think we went to Fredericksburg and mm-hmm. on the way out there, I mean, it was oh, you saw lots of wildflowers. Gorgeous, yeah. And the whole time. I was like having panic attacks. I was like, where are my bees? Where are my bees? There's flowers everywhere. My bees, I need to have them right now. By the time I get them, there's not going to be any flowers. Like I'm missing out. I'm missing out. Um, The reassurance after the fact on that, though, is that that first year of beekeeping, you're not going to get any honey. Mm-hmm. Everything they do is for them that first year. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the when the wildflowers first start coming out, you see them and it looked plentiful and you're like, oh my God, I need it. I, I got to get it going. I got to get going. But even right now, the nectar flow is not really started. It's not really going. And it won't until about the middle of April and it starts ramping up and then it'll it'll peak in like May and stay that way all the way through June. So it happens a little bit later than we think, but we're so like everything's been desolate and now we've got green and there's life and there's flowers. And so it just, it gets you amped up and ready to go. But your bees, when you first get them, you're going to be feeding them, and you're not going to be doing any honey harvesting from them. Right. So where the flowers are at and when that time of season is doesn't necessarily matter as much. But there's a couple of different things. Like you were telling me you can see online where you can get nukes and stuff. And yeah. they say, oh, or not, sorry, not nukes, packages. Package. Well, you get nukes also. Yes. But package bees. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're like ready to go and coming in, mm-hmm. and, and everything's great. Um what that where where that comes from so do you you actually understand what a package is like how they put that together uh that shows pictures of where they just got three pounds of bees crammed in a damn package and sealed up yes and those three pounds of bees are bees that were probably out doing almond pollination Mm -hmm. so they're in colonies that got a ton of pollen and they exploded and they made lots of brood and they're ready to go and then when those beekeepers come back they sell off over half of their colonies at like pennies to the dollar. Mm-hmm. And so people will go and they will buy those colonies and turn around and break them up into ma- like tiny, tiny, tiny little yeah. nukes. The other thing that they will do is they will take random boxes or random frames and they have this apparatus set up that is like a giant metal funnel. Underneath the funnel is a queen excluder. And then underneath that is a tube that drops down into a container that container, or, or like imagine an old uh, aluminum Folgers coffee mm-hmm. can, that can is about three pounds of bees. And so what they would end up doing is they just take random boxes and random frames and they shake the hell out of them over the top of these funnels. All of the bees fall down in there. The workers scurry through the queen excluder to try to get into the dark to get away from you, mm-hmm. but the queens can't. So then they can grab any of the queens that they find. They're gone. They just get offed. 
and it's just a mixture. So it's a frame from here, frame from here, frame from here. And none of those bees know each other. None of them are related. They have no <laughs> allegiance whatsoever to each other. And then once they're in that container, they take a new queen that's in a queen mm-hmm. cage who also is not related to any of these bees, mm-hmm. drops that queen down in there, puts the can of sugar syrup in it, seals it up, and pushes it off to the side. So that's what you're getting when you get a package of bees. Now, since how those are coming off of the almonds, you can get them early in the year. Right. A package of bees is great because regardless of what hive style you want to start with, mm-hmm. they'll fit in it, right? There's no structure. Yeah, there's no comb. Yeah, you dump them in. Yeah, you just put them into whatever you want. So it doesn't matter the style of hive, top bar, Langstroth, War A, Skep, if you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can put them in anything. So people will look at that and they'll get them and you can get them for like a buck 25 well like 125 dollars yeah, that's cheapest i've seen them yeah and they go up to close to 200 dollars depending on where they're coming uh, 195 dollars yeah and uh, the type of queen that's in them mm-hmm. but those hives you don't know they've been exposed to fungicides they've right. been exposed to pesticides they they may be bees that have to be treated constantly or else the mites will just take them over like you don't know so the other aspect of it is you also don't know their ages. They're probably older bees anyway, and mm-hmm. they're going to be dying off in the package. So when you do get your package, expect to see mounds of dead bees at the bottom. And that's just because they're, they were already the older forager bees anyway. Their, their life mm-hmm. expectancy mm-hmm. is kind of coming to an end. So they're going to be there as long as you get the bees out and, and get them into your new, con, your new hive. Right. Um, they'll be okay, but that colony especially right off the bat, is going to continue to shrink. It's going to continue to get smaller because they have no comb. Right. They've got to build that comb before the queen can start laying eggs, and the whole time your mortality rate is still ongoing. So Mm -hmm. it's going to continue to shrink. So there are some advantages, obviously, to the package, and then there's some downsides to it. Um, One of those downsides being they have to use a lot of their resources right up front to build their initial combs. And so it can get you an earlier start, but they really need longer to do what they need to do. Now I know with uh, with y- your bunch with you, when I buy my queen or my bees, you come out. You're going to help me set them up. You're going to look and say, "Okay, Ken, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it." Uh, you're going to have. I'm going to have like three or four top bars. I'm going to have some Langstroth, and I got a flow hive too. Mm-hmm. I had, had tri flow hive, and. Uh, uh, the guys in Australia, they said, oh, this is what you got to use, mate. I said, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, you can make more honey with this. Oh, really? Okay. But uh, We'll have to ask Mel if that's what they really sound like. Yeah, it's not what they sound like, but okay. <laughs> that's kind of a Asian cross. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's. I, you're gonna help me. I know we've. Already, I've got a friend, and in fact, I've introduced him to you, Robert. And they they bought the package bees last year. Now they don't have a bee left, but they left. And now you're gonna go out, and he's bought top bars. He got a flow hive. He's got two Langstroths and a top bar. Yeah, he's got two flow hives. Right, which the, is a yeah, Langstroth. Langstroth yeah. yeah, the flow but is just the apparatus when, on the top. The, to once do they the honey start making honey, and when then they got too much honey, then they go up and start putting yeah. it in the top. Yeah, the true difference on that flow hive is just that top box. It's just the flow box for the actual honey extraction. The rest of that whole setup is an eight-frame Langstroth. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have 
Now you you put the different queens in there. Mm-hmm. They know the queens. By the these, time you get these them, bees yeah. are they know each other, so they're more of a hive. Yeah. So when you get a nuke um, from somebody, the nuke is already existing. It is drawn out comb mm-hmm. that already has a laying queen in there. She's loose. She's laying and a lot of the bees in that colony are already her progeny and her offspring. Mm-hmm. And at least in theory, that's how it should be. Yeah. Now, some of the nukes that you get early, early in the year, like people that were able to get nukes right at the beginning of April, mm-hmm. there's two things on how that works. Either one. That was a fresh split, meaning they just opened up a big colony and they took out five frames and put them in there and put a queen in a cage. So almost the same concept as your package, except the bees initially didn't know each other, um, but the queen is different. And that comb is comb from whenever. It's probably older right. dark comb, right? Right. Now, the other way, and we partially do some of this on the other side, but the other way is to overwinter your nukes make them in like late summer early fall of the year before and then overwinter them so that coming into that new year your nuke is already made up right Mm -hmm. and when we do that i raise queens myself um late summer early fall and they get installed into those nukes whenever we do those original splits Mm -hmm. so that queen is still technically a first year queen she hasn't been alive for over a year yet we can sell those right off the bat if they want to do one of like what I call the second gen queens, which are they start off with a pure blood queen that is mated with the same genetic lineage, so they're pure blood offspring, and we take her progeny and raise queens that the queen herself is still pure blood, but she's open mated with whatever the feral right. stock of bees are. And that we do that on purpose to kind of interject the genetics from here that are adapted to the environment and the climate. Right with the good aspects of some of these pure line queens so that we can actually kind of get a better biodiverse makeup and their genetic uh, makeup for the bee. But if you do that, um, you could go ahead and sell those right off the bat, right? So like most of the orders, though, that come in, we always give people options. We tell them you can... uh, <laughs> you have a message, Ken. Uh, you we we tell them you've got an you have a choice. You can do the second line queen. You can do a, a second gen queen, and those packages are nukes. Sorry, get delivered earlier, mm-hmm. or you can do a purebred queen. If you're doing a purebred queen, we don't raise them here in Texas because mm-hmm. I don't care how big your apiary is, you're never going to be able to block the Africanized genetics because they they open mate. No matter right, what. Right, and you right. can try to flood the drone congregation areas, but somewhere there's going to be one or two little boogers that get in there yeah. and foul everything up. So we get ours from Northern California where there are not any Africanized genetics. And we get them from Honey Bee Genetics, which has spent a lot of time going through and raising these lines of queens that generation after generation have proven viability and work ethic and, you know. These are pedigreed queens. They are. They're good. Um <laughs> But so the other things that come into play is going to be weather. And mm-hmm. that, that is both for us and where the queens are coming from. So for us, we, and this is a little odd for us, mm-hmm. but we've still been on this roller coaster of temperature yeah. swings. 40, 40, degree, 40 degrees this morning. Yeah, it was exactly. When I got to the station this morning, it was 47. Yeah. And the high yesterday was only 64, but a couple mm-hmm. days before that, it was 82. And then tomorrow, it's supposed to be 80. Exactly. So it's yeah. all over the place. And so if we're not having like these deep temperature swings, well, then we're having a lot of rain. 
And both of those make it hard for the bees to be able to do what they want to. The right. first two attempts that we did this year at raising queens, mm-hmm. we had a nice stretch of weather. We went out, we grafted and, and harvested the larvae and put them into the queen cups. A day or two later, the temperatures dropped. It was below 50 degrees and the colonies cannibalized all of the larvae because, well, it's too cold and there's no food out there. We can't raise queens. And so they're working against us in that aspect because they know what nature's doing. Right. And they're like, no, 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 this year's different. We, we can't do that yet. So that puts a delay in there. Then once the queens are raised, if she can't get out and go mate because mm-hmm. it's constantly raining, well, then right. that delays things. And it can actually delay it to the point where it messes up her whole cycle. And then we've got to start <laughs> over because she didn't get properly mated. So there's all these things that go into play. And California has been dealing with the same thing. Cold, well, yeah. Cold wet, and rainy. Wet. Yeah. And yeah. Now, we did luck out. We still had the first delivery date in April for any of the queens that came out from there. Mm -hmm. And they ended up coming in on the 11th. Mm -hmm. And we managed to get those bees in. And all of them were alive and healthy and well. So that's what we spent all day on Saturday doing. And that's whenever you called and and all you could hear were bees everywhere on the phone. Plenty of bees. Um, We were out there putting bees into the nukes. So when we go through and we raise our our nukes that people have requested the Pure Blood Queens Mm -hmm. for, they were either splits that we did in February or they were ones that overwintered from the year before. And we go through... They've been growing and raising and building new comb and laying bees and and getting nice and healthy. Then we go in there and we find their queen. We take her out. We replace her with the purebred queen. And then they need a minimum of three more weeks because, one, she's got to be released from her cage. Mm -hmm. And we've got to make sure she was accepted and they didn't kill her. If they do, we have to then try again and put another purebred in there. Um, Once she's accepted and she's released out of that cage... Then we've got to make sure she's laying correctly, which means is she properly mated? And if mm-hmm. so, she goes through, she's laying correctly, everything and turns out great. But then you want to make sure the laying pattern is good. So you've got like a whole, this week is looking for this, this week is looking for this, this week's looking for this. And then at that point, if everything looks great and they've built out the minimum re- requisite of, of comb, which in a Langstroth nuke, if you're not being gypped, you're going to have five full frames of everything wax bees right food and that's right? just that's that's the regular frames that right. go in a in, in a, a langstroth hive are you talking about the mid hive, the middle hive or or is it the brood hive it'll go into the deep box deep usually box. most okay. yeah most nine inches nukes, deep nine five eighths or something like that yeah most nukes are on a deep frame which is the right. bigger box right. um but when i say if you're not getting gypped is because there are a lot of places out there that they're selling you a nuke but it's only four frames and that fifth frame is either brand new and never been touched or is a feeder, and it's empty feeder. It's, mm-hmm. it's just there to take up space. We try to get them all the way up to where you have five full frames. Okay. In a top bar, we look at a minimum of five bars. Mm-hmm. It can go all the way up to eight bars, depending on how well that colony does inside their little nuke box. And once we've gotten to the point where I feel like they've got a, a decent amount of comb to make it mm-hmm. worth the money that you're spending on them, then we turn around and we'll actually open it up for pickup or delivery. Uh, and you had mentioned that I will I actually bring them out. Now, that's something yeah. that is is definitely here in Central Texas. That's right. unique to my company. Most places, they will say, um, you can come and pay us, and it's a triple-digit fee, yeah. to take one of our advanced classes where we'll show you in an actual hive how to do stuff. And then you can buy bees from us. But when you get those bees, no matter what, it's here you go. Good luck. And then you take them home. Okay. What we do is our price of our bees is actually a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. 
And we have included in there delivery and setup. And it's optional to the person that's buying them. So we've got some people that have had bees for several years and they're like, I'm good. I don't need it. I, I appreciate it. But I'll just come pick them up. Mm-hmm. Other people that are getting started, though, included in the price of their, their nuke of bees is mm-hmm. free delivery, free installation. And you basically get a hands-on training from a master beekeeper right there in your own hive. Well, you know, the reason I'm doing this is one of our places over our place at Mason well, we don't have stock, and we're we're gonna we're leaving it more for the uh, the the free range animals. Well, the native animals we for the deer. Now we're getting exotics, and we're not gonna put cattle or goats on it. So what we're gonna use is we could go with the we could put bad houses on there for for tax exemption. Are you we're doing do like bees. the like the wildlife exemption? Yeah, wildlife exemption. Yeah. We're gonna do bees. So. What I have found for them, I have to take all these courses, and then also I found, oh, but you can have a beekeeper. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, oh, John Swan's my beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Must be part of the Master Beekeeper Program. Check. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we got we have all of that. So so here in Central Texas, you can do that, and probably other places they can do it too. Or yeah. So in Texas, recently, um, a few years ago, four or five years ago, they decided that bees could be used as an agricultural animal and could Ooh, qualify for an ag valuation. Money. Yeah. Well, some. Some. Um, there's uh but they, they decided it could be an ag evaluation to where you could actually get a tax exemption on your land for a certain amount of money, just as if you had cattle on your land. Mm-hmm. So one beehive was kind of equivalent to a cow. And then as time's gone on, the just this last year, I think it was actually federal law changed and the new farm bill that came out changed it to where honey is now also an agricultural commodity. So that's opened up a whole lot of things. So Texas, you can do bees for an ag exemption, and right. each county depends on, like, this county requires six hives, this county requires 20 hives, but you can Mason then go is through. five. It has to be a minimum of six. That's the only way the code is written, is a minimum Maybe of six hives. Six. Yeah, check and see. They just changed all of it as of January 1st, okay. though, because okay. Travis used to be six only, and now it's like 12 just to cover 15 acres. Well, we're going to be putting more, you know, I already told you, I'm going to need more bees. But yeah. uh, we <laughs> are found got... <laughs> two hives on the place that are native bees. And I know there's more than that. We're just feral. Feral, not native. No such thing as a native honeybee. Uh, no, America. red-headed mutts. How yep. about that one? Texas red-headed uh, mutts. Texas red-headed feral bees are native bees. No, feral bees. <laughs> Sorry, like feral hogs. That's right. But uh, anyway, uh, no, we've got several hives on there. And that one that we found that's coming in where a tree had fell over and they're going up in the stump, you said, well, I, I didn't think it was that big a, old a, a hive. Yeah. I, but I've got up there and, you know, you said in the picture, well, Ken, look at the propolis. Yeah, on I can there. see the discoloration on the bark. And which then is I a got up there sign. and really got in there, and they're just as calm as they can be. And I'm up there looking right in there, and and they just swung around. Hey, how you doing? And I'm sitting there, but where they go in, it's black. Yeah, that's been there a while. Yep. And I'm sitting there. Wow. So about seventy yards over, there's, I put a trap there. Yeah. So I figure, and that's probably going to swarm. Because they Sometime are this carrying season, for sure. some 
they are carrying some pollen. Yeah. I mean, lots of pollen right now. So if they've been in that cavity for a while, they've probably already filled up all available space with comb. Mm -hmm. So that just increases those swarm chances. They're, they've already been in there. They're going to go through. They're going to fill it up with brood, and then they're going to get crammed, and they're going to be like, okay, it's congested. We've got lots of food coming in now. Let's do that reproductive split and let's swarm. So having your swarm trap out there, that's great. That's yeah. a great location for it. So we're going to move to another one. It's a This one's on, on the ground. So I said, eh, maybe I don't have to put so much uh, up in the air. So it's about five foot off ground. The other one that we found, it's about 15 foot in the gr up in the air. So I'm going to put it about 10 or 12 foot up. Yeah. So anyway, pick them a little bit more used to what they live in if they move to that. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, this is where you get your bees this is this is the time of year that you're looking for them and this is kind of what we were supposed to be talking about too yeah the original um our original schedule which nobody else except for you and i have actually seen this <laughs> um which is good because then you don't know what we're supposed yeah, to yeah, be doing yeah um the original outline we had for april 1st which this is perfect April 1st should have been installing your new bees into their hive. Yeah. April Fool's Day. Yeah, well, <laughs> You're not getting bees yet. <laughs> we're going to be doing it late, so mid it'll be, to late May. Yeah, we're probably going to do that episode as the, the first official episode in May, maybe the second episode. Mm -hmm. But the point of that is because... I don't know if we want to talk about it and then do it or do the episode after you've done it. So then we can just talk about it. But the whole concept is we're either going to have the episode about installing your bees mm -hmm. and talk through the process and then literally go install your bees. Or we're going to go out and install your bees and then come back in and talk about how it worked. If we do it the first way, then we'll immediately follow it up with a bonus episode well, and, and talk through the process of the, it. The way I look at the way you're going to do it or we're going to do it is you're coming out okay ken we got three top bars you you're going to have the top bars with drone cone cone we're going to pull that one out and just drop them right into mine so here we have a already bunch of bees that have comb they have honey it's not three pounds of bees poured into an empty cup now y'all go to work damn it <laughs> you're right it's not going to be like that yeah but there you're gonna like it's going to change everything because it'll be the very first time you actually have your hands on a living comb crawling with critters and you can no, see true. them right no, up face true. to face. You yeah. can smell all the smells, hear the sounds. Well, I've always smelled the smells. Oh yeah, but this is different. You've mm. smelled like honey or just the wax, but as they're producing different things, the whole colony's odor changes. If they're like, you can tell a lot of times what they're actually processing down nectar wise based on the odor that it gives off. Really? And the brood has a very distinctive smell. So it's all, it's, it's, it's like, it's amazing. It's like mesmerizing when you get that first time that you're holding your own bees and you're like, this is so cool. I'm so up close. It's so cool. So I like um, Les Crowder when he says, I'm holding that bunch of bees in my chest. I can just and feel I feel them. them buzzing in there. And that's when I know what I'm supposed to be doing yep. and taking care of bees. There you go. I'm sitting there. Yeah, you ought to be in Austin. But no, I didn't say that. But, you know, I understand what he's saying, though. <laughs> I, did, I do understand what he's saying. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was in there. What did that? How did that? I had. I, I had don't to, know. That's why I, I work. I had to take a take. A, I couldn't breathe there for a minute. <laughs> but um, no, you understand. But yes, I understand. Yeah, Austin absolutely. is a is 
It's a very laid back. Yes. Very weird slash hippie slash. Yeah, it's a very unique. Very unique. It's not in a bad way. I'm not no. mean. It's not no, in a bad no, way. No. It's just it's different. Yeah. And I'm raised outside of Austin, which we're not different, but we are. We we see what they want to do, and and what I want to do, and and I'm sitting there. John said, "Ken, how deep is this hole you're going to dig?" But we got right. So Ken was going to start off with three colonies oh, technically yeah. when we very first talked he wanted like a flow hive or yeah, two flow hives a flow hive. and then it was like well let's do a langstroth of flow and a top bar so you can get the the feeling for all the different styles right. of hives and then when he calls to order the bees i need five and i was like whoa wait what and he's like well yeah because i've i've um, i'm already building these top bars and i've already ordered this other stuff yeah, I and so I had to talk him back into the Langstroth and the flow yeah, because he wanted all top bar. And then we were talking on the phone the other day and he was like, well, we're going to get up to a hundred easy. And I'm like, man, the first, the first hive has not even hit the ground yet. <laughs> and he's already up to a hundred. Well, I've got a son I can put to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. And when your son listens to this episode, you should know that when I talked to your dad on the phone and I said, man, between the fishing guide stuff that he's already taken over and the beekeeping stuff you're planning for him, busy. that poor kid's going to be so busy. And Kim's right. like, I don't give a damn. No. I don't care. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, he loves honey. He's like me. Uh, to him, you know, we use honey in our tea. And he uses honey and he, he drinks a lot of green tea and a lot of uh black tea and he uses that's what he sweetens with yeah i use honey in my coffee and we cook a lot with honey and it's just the way it is but now my wife's not a honey eater she's going around the house sniffling and hacking and coughing because of all of the pollens in there yeah the allergies right now are my brutal my son i talked him into starting that's why he uses honey because he's dead why don't you want it to affect you? That's just because I eat honey. Yeah. A quart a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ken oh, eats a lot of honey. honey. I like honey. <laughs> and, and, and I like the fall honey. But yeah, the, you do. The, and your son likes the the spring honey. Well, that okay, so he's about to come into favor, and you're about to run out. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Well, I hate whatever out there, but anyway. Yeah, we go through. I do have potentially... And it, it changes every year. But this year I've got one colony that is still massive. And May, when we actually go through and, and start opening things up to mm. prep for spring nectar flow, um, it may still have excess fall honey in it okay. from last year. And if it does, then you're okay. But otherwise, you're down to the last five-gallon bucket. Okay. Well, and it's good. about halfway gone. So <laughs> you're you are burning through it. Um but yeah, so the the point of today's episode is like don't be discouraged, don't lose heart. Every year, even just like the timeline for the show, every year we should technically know better. I should just start telling people like you're going to get your bees in May. Um, but we always have that hope that nature's going to cooperate because if it did, especially for us, there should be no reason that we can't deliver bees by May 15th mm -hmm. or sorry, April 15th. We should be able to do it by April 15th. But every year, Mother Nature has other ideas and it's either too cold or it rains or whatever. So that's kind of the norm. And when that happens, then we turn around and we're like, OK, well, so it's going to be then we start going week by week. We'll let you know next week how it yep. looks and then maybe the week after that. Yep. Um, but it is honestly... It's for the best of the bees, because then you're going to turn around, you're going to have bees that are strong and healthy and actually going to survive 
versus bees that they were thrown together at the last minute. You have right. no idea if the queen's good. And and that's kind of what you get as that trade-off is I am literally taking all the hits and losses for you because if we put that queen in and she's not properly mated and it doesn't work, you're not SOL with this colony that you're now trying to figure out what to do with. We're going to fix it before we ever give it to you. So what you're saying is if you buy that three-pound package of honeybees, and that doesn't do what it's supposed to be doing. And I'm going to call, hey, John, I just bought three pound package of honeybees. Queen does hell with you and she left. And, and, and what am I doing now? Well, I'll come out there. I'm going to bring you honeybees. I'm going to charge you X because you bought the cheap bunch of bees. And I'm going to have to make your bees be Texas bees. <laughs> We're going to rehabilitate them. Yeah, that's it. Rehabilitate. That's what I was wanting to say. The so uh, just a, this is I don't even know why my brain just jumped to this, but because um, <laughs> you're around me, we were talking about like the top bars. So uh-huh. I'm not going to go off on a tangent on this, but you hear us talk about things like cross combing mm-hmm. and where things get out of line and how mm-hmm. you have to manage the top bar well, more that, than that you do the you were showing, Yeah, exactly. If you guys have not already done so. Either go to Facebook or go to Instagram. Oh, yes. At the Hive Jive mm-hmm. and look at the video that I posted on there yesterday, I believe. Um, which actually, it occurs to me that means nothing to you guys because we record these whenever we want. Yeah. Um, so, Saturday, I think I put it out there Saturday. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, if you're looking right now, it's the most recent video. If not, just go through and look for a video on there, and you'll see the steel image is comb, like just beautiful comb that's sticking straight up. But the catch is that if you look at the bars, the top bars that that comb is on. It's not running. It's, it's no, just gone back and They're up. at a 90-degree yeah, parallel yeah. or 90-degree opposite of each other. Um, the bars started off one way and the comb went a completely different direction. And so that is a extreme example mm-hmm. of cross combing, but it is a great, it's just a little short, like 15 second video mm-hmm. that you can watch. I just kind of arc over the top of it. Um, that is why you must manage your colonies. Now this lady bought a, a hive of bees from somebody three years ago. She bought a nuke and she also bought their 17 inch top bar, which I do not advocate 17 no. inch bar size on or frames or mm-hmm. hive size period. Um, I go 19 and I explained to her as we were going through it, all of the combs attached to the sides and in a 19 that rarely happens. Mm-hmm. But what she did is she took really good care of it year one and year two. Year three, her life kind of got a little carried away and she literally didn't touch it. And about halfway through the colony, the person that had originally built this hive and installed the nuke, they had mixed bar sizes. Some were quarter inch, some were mm-hmm. one and three eighths, and some were one and a half. Mm-hmm. And the bees did great on the bars that were all the same size until they hit that first bar that was not, and things started going a little haywire. Mm-hmm. And then when they hit the second bar that wasn't, it went helter-skelter. It just takes a little bit. That one, They built one comb that was almost the wrong direction entirely. And the other comb on that bar, when it got up to the edge of it, they turned it. And then the next one, they just turned it entirely. And so you're, they literally made a 90 degree turn with their comb and the whole last half of that hive was going the wrong direction. So how, and when I showed you, you said, well, how did you fix that? It's gone. Cut it all out. So she went from 30 bars worth of comb to 12. Now was that... Well, that was that comb. Did it have any honey? In? Nothing. No, it was all empty. It was still brittle from overwintering, so you could take it and just crush it in your hand, and it shattered. So it was wax. It was just wax. That's all it was. Yep. 
I told no. her she could take it. She could melt it down. She actually kept the big chunk that you see in the video as right. uh, she's going to use it to show friends and use it as like a temporary art piece for a while while it lasts. Because it does till visually. Find it. Yeah, it visually it's really beautiful. It's pretty. Yeah. Um, but doing that though was a huge disservice to the bees because if that would have oh, been yeah, managed they worked correctly, worked their butt off. Now it's, it's exactly crap. all that resource is gone. It takes ten pounds of honey to create one pound of wax. So think of the huge resource drain wow. the bees now have to use to build this colony back yeah. up. And unfortunately, just... the only thing we could leave them with was the really old dark comb because all the beautiful new stuff was was wrong and we couldn't cut it out. There was some wow. most of it was drone comb, so we couldn't save it. But wow. um, but yeah, anyhow, watch that video. That is a great lesson on um, <laughs> this is what can go wrong. So and then you get a good visual for that. But anyhow. Now, I will stop. Before, That's enough of that. <laughs> and here before long, we'll probably be talking about when we dump my bees into my hives. When we gently put each frame. Oh yeah, home we in. don't dump. Well, we, we're going to pick up <laughs> frames and drop into my into my brood boxes, and we're going to take the top frames, top bars, and put into my top bar hive. We don't dump because they're not three they're, pound they're boxes. They're not a package, right? If it yeah. was a package, we could literally dump well, them in there. That's why you get rid of them. That's what it tells you. Yeah, you shake the hell them out on the ground. They all fall in the yeah. bottom, and then you flip it upside down and shake them all in the yeah. colony. And I just smack the microphone. I just want to see how we're going to do it when I'm doing these these. These, these traps, but now I've the got same top way. bars. Yeah, it'll be the same way. But now in the swarm trap, when they first moved in, it's a hollow space. They mm -hmm. could have built any way they want to. We may have to cut some of that out, salvage it, and put it onto a rescue bar. But yeah. that that's a still it's a great learning experience because then if you're ever checking a colony and a comb falls, mm -hmm. now you know how to salvage it and save it. So that will that will be a future lesson coming down go. the road yeah be something more we can talk about too but there you go now you know where your bees are at yep where are my bees at they'll be here in may they will be here my in may. bees will be here in may and we will do an episode to discuss that um future episodes coming down the line here pretty soon we uh pretty much have enough listener questions built up again oh good so we're gonna do another bonus episode of listener questions coming up and i've also started doing because anytime we do episodes sometimes things it's just like in a movie studio some things get cut out and left on the cutting room floor mm -hmm. for time purposes or for topic purposes because sometimes ken and i can get way off topic. oh yes um, well ken can anyway <laughs> so we actually have another episode coming up as well that'll be a bonus episode that is uh it's just random segments just little snippets from various episodes that have been picked back up and put together and uh, it's just kind of fun to listen to because it's all just more random chit chat and uh, tangents um that are in there so we've got that that'll be coming along and i do apologize we have a couple of listener questions that they have been waiting for about a month really because i really wanted to get enough of them to do mm -hmm. a full episode we'll, we'll tell you so yeah we'll we'll get out there and you'll get that that's coming up here pretty soon but i do have to throw one thing in if you want a book on Top Bar, go get Top Bar Beekeeping, Les Crowder. Because I bought another one. That the one I I bought. You got a, the CD version. Didn't I, you? Bought, I bought. I bought. Oh, I've got the TV version too. Yeah, the CD version. But I bought a book on from out of New England. No, England. Now they it's still the same, but it's different. Yeah. And but then they go to talking in metric, and I'm sitting there. <laughs> All I want to know is sizes. Yep. Yeah. 40 liters. What? Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? But anyway, yeah, it's different. But Les's is American. Yeah, Les's <laughs> book is great. It is It is very straightforward, very down yep. to earth, very yep. common sense, yep. and easy to follow. 
And then the funny thing is if you go through, so there are versions out there where he does have on DVD, I said CD, but it's actually on DVD. DVD is what I've um, got. You can watch the video of Les going through and doing all this. It is almost verbatim, line for line, his book. Wow. I mean, it's, and when he comes and actually teaches, it's verbatim, his book. So you're not going to read that and then hear him do something completely different. He, that is his method through and through, and he is consistent. I can see that. Yeah. I know it's, it, it was very much he was very fun to talk with and visit with. And when I say he's different, it's not he's different. He's just he is a more very, laid back. He is a very laid back individual, very much so. And, very soft spoken, very gentle hearted. Yeah. And he, he loves his bees. He does. He really loves his bees. And that's what that's what got to me when I put them on my chest and he could just I feel knew them in that's his heart. what I was supposed to be doing. Yep. I'm sitting there. I can see that. But yeah, and then he, then he got talking about all the bees that he's helped and worked with different. You know, wow. So yeah, get the book. Top bar bee having Les Crowder. I better shut up before I get in really trouble. No, you're good. Okay, we're done. We're done. Hive Jive. Hive Jive. Be sure to visit us on social media at the Hive Jive for Facebook and Instagram. You can shoot us your email for your listener questions to info at thehivejive.com. And you can find us online at thehivejive.com or hivejivepodcast.com. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Then the next episode, my bees be here. <laughs> my bees be here. In May. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the big, hot, big Bahama Mama Queen, right? Oh, Lord. No, you're not. Well, we got to get out of here. You're getting Russians. <laughs> Bye. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes on the first and third Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there.